Hey there, and welcome to the Crossroads Church Podcast, your place for weekly sermons, church updates, and more. You're currently tuning into our weekly sermon cast, so grab a pen and notebook or get your notes app ready, and let's dive right into it. Today we're continuing on uh, in this series of You Asked For It, and where this came from is on Easter when everybody was here, we took a survey of uh, everyone and said, hey, what messages or sermons would you like to hear about? And we gave some suggested ones and then even a fill in the blank. And then we took all of those stacks of cards that came in. It's incredible, the response. Um, and we came up with the top four messages that you asked for. And so last week, we did number one. So if you weren't here last week, the good news is you can go back and watch that one or listen to it and get caught up. Today, we're shifting gears to the number two most requested topic, and that was in regard to parenting. And uh, how many could use some help in parenting, right? And uh, it's funny because people have a lot to say about parenting. You know, how many have ever had anyone, maybe you were dealing with your child or whatever, out in public or wherever, and somebody uh, had, was able to volunteer some parenting help uh, to you in that moment, unsolicited perhaps or whatever, and uh, they, they had a lot to say. And our culture can have a lot to say. But here's the good news. God has something to say about parenting. So my hope for today is that this message would be a blessing to the incredible fostering families who open up their homes and voluntarily receive children into their home in order to provide a safe environment and um, to, to be a blessing. What a ministry uh, to do that. And uh, those who have adopted, who have said, hey, we're going to take children into our home that are not biologically ours, but we're going to love them and nurture them and parent them and care for them. Also, to the blended families where it can be his and hers and ours and the complications and stresses that can come with that. And those who are believing for children who would say, like, I, Rochelle and I can identify with waiting in the waiting stage of hoping and dreaming of having children, and also another group, uh, grandparents that maybe thought at this point in time, your job would be to hand out candy, you know, <laughs> that it would just be all about candy and ice cream and, and stuff like that, and then you'd send the kids home, only you're not sending the kids home. Um, the kids are with you. And because of circumstances and situations, you find yourself uh, raising yet another generation of children. But uh, we all have dreams for our kids, don't we? we? We all have dreams for our kids. But it can get stressful. And I found a picture that maybe describes uh, your family. Go ahead and pull it up for me if you would. Maybe... You can identify, identify with that, just kind of collapsed on the couch, you know, and uh, just hope the kids don't kill themselves. And so uh, you're overwhelmed, stressed out. You know, sometimes you don't know how to pray, what to pray, what to say, what not to say, what to do, and what not to do. And I, I think there is a lot of stress out there for parents. And so I want to share with you what I think are three reasons for parental stress as I look over the parental 
landscape. The first one is this, going it alone. You know, going it alone. Uh, there's an African proverb that says, it takes a village. Other people have capitalized on that saying, but it's actually an African proverb. It's where it originates. And, it, you know, it takes coaches, teachers, small group leaders, mentors, parents, grandparents, friends, family, different people, and, and again, to, to come into our lives and to, and to speak into our lives. And especially, I want to say to single parents, uh, don't try to go it alone. You know, don't, don't get bold and proud and I can do this and, you know, it may just be me or whatever. But no, it doesn't have to be. You don't, you don't have to go it alone. As a matter of fact, the scripture says this in Ecclesiastes 4.9, two are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone, look at this, is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better. Say it's even better. For a triple braided cord is not easily broken. See, I, I think that we need the help of others. And I, I just want to say clearly today that the church wants to be your partner. Okay, we want to partner with you. Uh, this church wants to come alongside of you as a parent, as a grandparent, as a foster parent, whatever situation. And we want to come along and walk with you. And I know I had that in my childhood. That, that I had people that were in my church that my parents took me to that were involved in my life, that spoke into my life. I remember Aunt Marie when I was in kids' church with flannel graph boards and puppets. Anybody remember that? I mean, we were high tech, right? <laughs> That's before video screens and whatever. We, we had flannel graph boards and puppets. And uh, Aunt Marie would teach us memory verses and would teach us about God. And, and we would sing songs and, and uh, usually that involved movements and things like that. Uh, but, but there were people that helped my parents to influence me toward Jesus. And Pastor Matt gave me a, a stat that 80% of young adults that are still serving Jesus say that as a kid, they had spiritual adults that were in their life that weren't the pastor or their parents. That's staggering. 80%, because how many want your kids to keep serving Jesus, right? When they leave home, you don't want them to leave Jesus. And, and so one of the keys is getting other people involved, getting other spiritual parenting. So foster spiritual relationships. And again, we provide this. They're, they're right now people teaching your children, your one-year-old, two-year-old, three-year-old, five-year-old, 10-year-old, whatever, that there are adults that are right here in this church providing that. And, and so there's an importance of spiritual parenting, getting other people to help you in shaping and forming your children spiritually. And I want to just pause here and say, listen, if you don't have kids yet, you could do this for other people's kids. You could volunteer on Sundays and, and be an influence in, in other kids' lives, 
other children and, and help them to come to know Jesus. What an opportunity to be able to influence an eight-year-old for Jesus. There are adults back here in, in our kids' room right now. One of our kids' rooms, they'll sit around with some of your kids and they'll ask, is there something I could pray with you about? Is there something that, that we could trust the Lord for? And they'll be influencing them toward God. It's so important. And, and also, life groups. I was talking to somebody in our church last week, and they said, oh, life groups are like life saver groups. Because I've gone to my group and, and, you know, parenting and different things. And it's so good to hear somebody else say, oh, been there, done that. I know all about that. And you'll get through it. We did. And encourage them. Listen, where else can you go that you get that? where you can sit in a circle with other people, talk about what you're going through, and one week, they're encouraging you, and another week, you get to encourage them and pray for each other. That's the reason why we want everybody at Crossroads to be in a life group, because it, it gives you a place where you can receive resource and support in everything of life, but especially in regard to parenting. Now, here's the next thing that I think stresses us out in parenting is a lack of experience. And, and there's only one way to get experience. You have to have a kid, right? And, and then they're there. And then, I don't know, it just seems crazy to me that my blender comes with a manual on how to work it, you know, how to do it. And, and it's really a pretty simple device. You know, you just put stuff in there and hit a button. And the buttons are already named for you. You already know, blend and whatever. But when they hand you a baby, there's no manual, right? There's no manual for that. And some of you, as you have multiple kids, you need, how many know you need multiple manuals? Because that first manual worked on the first one, but the, the second one isn't acting like that. You know, they, they've got a different temperament or personality. And so I just want to say right here in the front end of this message, you're going to make mistakes. You're not going to be perfect. There are no perfect parents. But God wants to help you. And I, I know when you, you mess up, I don't know about you, but I'm the hardest on myself. I'm just like, I'm the worst dad, I think, in the whole area. I think, and then you know what? When I allow that to happen, I don't get better. I act like the worst dad. Come on, somebody, don't leave me up here by myself today, all right? And, and so what we need today is, is to be forgiven and helped and released, all right, in our situations, in our circumstances of life because God wants to help us because we, we, we need, it's a 24-7 job and it's hard and when you bring them home, it's just like, what do I do? And I don't know about you, but I was a way better parent before I was a parent. <laughs> right? I mean, I could tell people how to do their kids and whatever and what they are. I mean, I was great until I had one, you know. And then you're thrown into I, I, And some stuff's just out of control. There, bring that picture back up. It's a picture of Alexis. And this is Dedication Sunday. And my pastor, who's 99, he brought our, he, he came up and preached for us. And we had her dolled up. Come on now. I mean, one of our family members gave us that dress to put her, and she looked like a queen, you know, and all. But when we were doing the dedication and afterwards, she was such a good baby, just awesome baby. Except 
when we're trying to dedicate her, and it's like she's demon-possessed, you know? I was, I was like, Pastor, I, I don't know, maybe instead of dedicating her, you need to exercise her, you know, get the devil out of her, because she was screaming, and hot. that was the best picture we were able to get of the day. It's a terrible, one of her worst pictures, but it was just terrible. And there's, there's days like that. Come on now. There's days like that. There, there's times where, and, and you will mess up, and you will do the wrong thing, and you'll lose your temperament, temper and, and different things, and, and stuff will happen, and you'll have to apologize, and different things are going to happen in your life. But, but let me ask you, have you ever lost your kid? I mean, like misplaced them? <laughs> you know, you get in the van or whatever. We're missing one, you know. Uh, we're going to have to go back to Meyer <laughs> and, and see where, where they are. Um, I just want to release people that maybe feel bad about your parenting skills and whatever. Mary and Joseph lost Jesus for about two days. And, uh, you know, Joseph's like, uh, where's Jesus? And Mary says, I thought you had him. And he said, well, I haven't seen him. And by now, they've traveled out. They had to go back and find Jesus. It's in the Bible, okay? So, so I'm just saying, you don't have to be a perfect parent to be a good parent, okay? That's good news, right? And I know like Rochelle's mom, she was a single parent most of her life. Matter of fact, uh, Rochelle's mom was, was single when she was six months pregnant with Rochelle because her husband took off with somebody else and left her and, and on. So she was divorced. And this back in the day when it wasn't as popular as, as today and things like that. And so um, she's left with doing it on her own. But here's, here's what I'll tell you she did. A um, couple things. One, she did her best. Okay? She did her best. And she worked full time. This kind of goes back to last week. She worked hard. She worked full time. And she took her kids to church three times a week by herself. All right? She did that. And that's the second thing she did. She took her kids to church so that other godly men and, and women could be around her kids and help her in influencing them. And I'll just say today, now, now some of them went through some deep valleys, okay? And some left, took a left when they should have took a right and different things. But today, all three of her children love Jesus, uh, are in church. One of them's a pastor. He's getting ready to preach out in Colorado. Uh, today at his church, and here's Rochelle in this church, and so um, you can do this, all right? Turn to somebody around you, say, you can do it, and then give a cheer to the Lord today and celebrate what God's able to do, okay? All right, so here, here's, the, here's the next one. Here's the next one, why people stress out, is not seeking God. You know, or, or they'll wait and say, well, I think we're going to have to pray about this. Well, I think you should have been praying about it. And, and so what if we started that way? Instead of looking to TikTok or Facebook or something else or what does this person say or whatever that maybe isn't even a godly person, why don't we look to God for help? And the good news is God is for us. We just sang it a while ago over and over and over again. I hope you got it. God is for you, not against you. And so you are not alone. Jesus said, I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll go with you always, even to the end of the world. I want to read you another encouraging scripture from 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. Paul says, but he said to me, my grace 
is sufficient for you. It's enough. Turn to somebody and say, it's enough. It's enough for you. For my power is made perfect in your weakness. Mm. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. We may not be perfect parents, but we serve a perfect God. And this perfect God says this in Romans 8, 28, that I can work all things together for the good of those who love me and are called according to my purpose. So in other words, even your screw ups, even that, that you cussed out the male person this week, or you, you got mad at the HOA, or you got steamed up about something or you lost your temper or you showed out in front of your kids or whatever happened to you this week. God says, I'll take even that. I'll work it together for the good of those who are loving me and called according to my purpose. That's good news. That's good news. And listen, if that wasn't true, our kids would be in trouble. Because we can't get it right all the time. So we need his presence. We need his peace. We need his power. We need his grace to work in our lives. And I just want to come against any spirit of condemnation. Where does condemnation come from? Romans 8, 1 says it doesn't come from God. So it comes from the enemy in our lives. The the enemy wants to say, shame on you. And I want to say to somebody today, shame off you in the name of Jesus that God set you free. I know you didn't do it perfect. I know you messed up or whatever, but God's gonna give you help and he's gonna give you strength because his strength works even better in our weakness. And we have some books and resources, just real quick. We, we did a class on these, Raising Emotionally Strong Boys, uh, Raising Worry-Free Girls. And the newest book of this this series is, we're going to do a class on it this spring. And so we want to help you, but you can read these books on your own too. But whenever stuff comes up, when you see those courses, those classes and things come up, sign up, get in them, clear your schedule. And be a part of it. Another book, I'll refer to this again in a moment, is Parenting by Andy and Sandra Stanley. You can pick it up out there or you can order it yourself. And, and there's just resources for you to help you. The other th- resource we have real quick is Right Now Media. I don't know if you know this because we don't say it all the time, but we pay for Right Now Media for everybody at Crossroads. So we, we pay as a church so everybody can do it. So all 1,200 people or whatever, you want to give it to other people and whatever, it doesn't matter. They, they don't put a limit on it. And, and so you can go there. We have a parenting uh, list already set up. Some of our staff put together a parenting list of resources through Right Now Media, through Crossroads Church that you can go to and, and you can... Take that, download it into your life. Let it be a help and encouragement to you because I can't cover everything here today. But but all those resources are available to you. Now I want to finish up with this. Three commitments that I believe will help you to alleviate stress in parenting. Okay? I could probably have had a list of 16 or whatever. But I'm going to talk about three today that I believe will help you. And here's here's the first commitment is give them back to God. Give your kids back to God because they came from him already. Anyway, Psalm 127 verse 3 Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. In other words, the God who said to Jeremiah, I knew you in your mother's womb. I knew what your nose looked like. 
your ears. I know all about you in your mother's womb. Your mother didn't even know what you looked like, but I did. I formed you in your mother's womb. And, and here's what the God who, who brings kids into your life says, I did that because they're mine. They're mine. So here's what that says to me. I'm not the owner. I'm the manager. God's entrusted them. Now, whether you're fostering them or you're adopting them or however they came into your life, doesn't make a difference or they're not even really your kids. You're just kind of a parental influence over them. Here's what God says. You're managing this time, this season, And God has given them to you for a purpose, for a reason. Psalm 78 verse 4 says, We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell, here's your responsibility, parent. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. Let me tell you something. When... when, When my wife's mom was raising her kids, she didn't say, now, church, straighten them out. Okay? She talked about it. She talked about the Lord. She talked about what the Lord did for her a few years ago. What the Lord did in her family. What she heard about in this person. And and, and he says, that's what you got to do. You got to tell them about how God's working. He's always working. His power, his mighty one. For he issued his laws to Jacob, gave his instructions to Israel, commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children so the next generation might know them, even the children not yet born, and they in turn will teach their own children. So to your children and their children and their children and their children and their children. Didn't we sing about it? It's more than just lyrics to a song. The scripture says that's how it ought to work. So each generation should set its hope not on the Democratic or Republican Party. But its hope should be on God. Mm, can I get a better amen today? All right? Not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. See, and, and let me just say something else here. Don't point them to me or to the staff of this church or some other spiritual celebrity or whatever, because people can fail. And we've seen some do that. And and we pray that wouldn't happen. But I'm just telling you, you don't point your kids to personalities. You point them to the Prince of Peace, Jesus himself, who will never leave them, never forsake them. He'll never let them down. He hasn't yet and he never will. So you, you point them to Jesus and you dedicate them to God. That's what Mary and Joseph did. They brought Jesus to the temple to, to be blessed. There's a purpose for his life, and they had, didn't know he was the savior of the world, really. They didn't know all that that was going to entail, but they just offered him to the Lord. And Hannah, who had been waiting for years in the Old Testament to get pregnant and have a baby, and she finally does, and here's what she did. She said, he's really yours, Lord. You gave him to me. Now I'm giving him back to you. And nobody had any more impact on the nation of Israel than the prophet Samuel. And we have children's dedications coming up in November. And what you ought to do is plan to give your children to the Lord. And I just want to tell you, there's nothing magical about getting your kids on this stage in November and a prayer, and all of a sudden, they're going to serve Jesus the rest of their life. I wish that was the case. But here's what it is. It's kind of like baptism, okay? You don't get saved 
because you're baptized. If you're not saved and you get baptized, you're just a wet heathen. Okay? That's all. It doesn't make you a Christian. It just shows people that you are. And when you come up and say, we want to give our kids to God, God gave them to us, and they've got a purpose. They've got a reason to live. There's something beyond us, and and we don't know all of God's plans and purposes and everything. But what we do know is, is we want to give them back to God and ask God to help us and God to bless us and God to give us wisdom beyond our own. And I'm telling you, there's something about when you draw close to God, he will draw close close to you. It will happen. And and let me tell you something else. Did you know this? That God loves your kids more than you do. He's crazy about them. So someone today, here's what you need to do. You just need to take your kids and give them back to God. Say, God, work out your purpose, your plans, whatever they are whatever they may be, and point them to Jesus. Here's the second thing, is give them intentionality. Okay, you can't give them a perfect parent, but you can give them an an intentional parent, and it can start today. And and here's the thing, there's certain things that you just need to do to help them get in an environment where, where God can work in their lives. And one thing is, again, church. Church won't create Christian kids necessarily, but it sure helps if you get in the right church. And um, some of you, there could be parents that it got really comfortable having church in your jammies. Okay? All right, whether you know it or not, you pay me to step on your toes. And so, and somebody might be at home right now, I'm stepping right through the television to your toes. I know it's comfortable. I know it's easy. But God didn't call us to easy. And uh, your kids need to be in church. God had the idea of church. I didn't come up with it. Somebody else didn't. The Pope didn't. God did. And God uses the church to work out his purposes in the earth. And if you're not a part of a church, there are certain things that you're not doing because the Bible says you got to encourage one another, pray for one another, bear one another's burdens. And you can't do all those things sitting there on your sofa, sucking your tea or whatever, and uh, sitting in your jammies. How many are ready for me to move on? All right. So, all right. Proverbs 22.6 says this. Train up a child in the way he should go. And even when he is old, he will not depart from it. I want to break this word down, train. The, the original word in the Hebrew language is kanak. And it means this, to train up, to initiate. So you're not... Waiting, I'm hoping they'll be a Christian. You know, we're hoping, we're we're hoping they'll figure it out. We're going to put a bunch of things in front of them and see which one they pick. No. With purpose is the word. With purpose to dedicate or train and, and to lead them and guide them and direct them. I love in this book, uh, parenting. Uh, Andy Stanley breaks down four stages of parenting, and I'm just going to break through these real quick. The discipline years from zero to five, that's when you teach them how to obey because you're going to want them to work a job one day. Come on, somebody. And keep a job. And so it's going to be important for them to learn how to obey. Training years, 5 to 12, they learn the why behind the why. In other words, it's not just, I said so. No, here's why I said so. This is why you want to do it this way. If you'll do the hard thing now, 
it'll be easier later. That's why. But if you do the easy thing now, life's going to be harder later. And, and so you teach them the why. Coaching years, 12 to 18, learn the relationship between action and result. There are consequences, real consequences of your choices. And then you get to enjoy the friendship years, as he calls them, 18 plus. After 18, then you raise children who, listen, want to still be with you when they don't have to. And they want to be with each other as well. And, and so you, you work toward that. But you don't put the friendship years too early. Come on, somebody. You can't be best friends with your 12-year-old, okay? You're still the parent, and you need to make sure you, you keep that straight. And, and so our church, I just want to say real quickly again, we're here for every stage, all right, to help you with, with that. We've got girls' ministries. We've got kids' ministries, We've got inter-ministry. We've got CSM ministry for students. We've got the well for young adults. And if you need help figuring that out, stop somebody in the lobby, get information about it, go to our website, bring your kids to those things, bring them as off. Do what Rochelle's mom did, what my parents did. Bring them into environments where they can be influenced for God. And when you hear about parenting helps and you need help, sign up, show up, load it into your mind, into your brain, what's been offered and activate it in your life. And here's something else. Kids, uh, just real quick, kids who become active Christ followers as adults, here's what the stats show. If mom and dad went to church, 72% of the kids will as adults. If only mom went to church, 15%. But let's pay attention, dad, all the men. If dad only went to church, 55% of the kids still will. Look at that. Influence dads have. That's the reason why the devil fights dads going to church more than anything else. I mean, I don't have time to say, say all this, but in the, in the mission world, when we go on missions trips and we go to other churches and all, the, there'll be a bunch of women in the church and a few men and a bunch of men sitting on their motorbike outside the church waiting on church to be over. And then you watch the kids as they get older. The kids go when they're five and seven and whatever from sitting on the front row so by the time they're about 16, they're on the back row because they're going to be like dad. And I say, God, give us godly men who will join things like fight club in this church and fight for their families and be the leader God has called them to be. All right, parents, you got to lead the way. Just real practically, what's that look like? Let your kids catch you reading the Bible. Where, where you just read, I, I would catch my parents reading the Bible. And the pastor wasn't pulling up in the driveway. You know, it's like, oh, we were just reading the Bible, pastor. And here you are, you know. No. It was just, they would just do that. And, and so let your kids catch you praying, studying God's word. You know, and when something happens in your family, don't just say, oh my gosh, what are we going to do about that? Instead say, well, kids, here's what we should do about this right now. We should just pray, shouldn't we? And we should talk to our father about this because maybe he can help us. And, and, and when something comes up, you, and it's a dilemma, and you say, well, kids, what would Jesus have us to do? You know, it's not what somebody else would want us to do, but kids, what, what would Jesus have us to do? The, the Jesus who said we should love our neighbor as we love ourselves, that Jesus, what, what would he have us to do? And you can influence your kids. Here, here's what... 
Edward Duke of Windsor said about America. He said, the thing that impresses me most about America is the way parents obey their children. So I want to ask you a question. Are you, you should ask this. Are you leading your children or are your children leading you? Because the days are long, Gretchen Rubin said, but the years are short. It goes quick. And I marvel sometimes when parents say, well, we're going to see what our kids want to do. Really? <laughs> said my dad, never. You know, well, Craig, what do you want to do, buddy? You know, no, that, that wasn't how it worked. You remember, you're, you're in these stages that Stanley talks about. So, and I just want to say something else here. This is just a little bonus. Let me just get on a soapbox for a little bit and talk to parents who are stressed out. And the reason you're stressed out is because you're trying to compare yourself to your neighbor's. You're focused on how do we measure up? Oh my gosh, he's in five sports and our kid's only in two. We got to pick it up around here. No, you do not. Let me tell you something. If you're all stressed out and everything with one sport, what's going to happen when you get them in five? And, and who said that that's a good parent anyway? I know parents that divorce after they've had their kids and all kinds of stuff because the two of them drifted and only served the, the kids. And then when the kids moved out, they moved out. Hello? All right, so, so here's the thing. You, you can't get your cues from culture. I don't want the marriage culture has to offer. I don't want friendships that the culture has to offer. I don't want the life that pill-popping, frazzled, freaked out, all messed up, jacked up, divorced, hurting, all corrupted, whatever. I don't want the culture's version of life. I want God's version of life. Come on, somebody. Right? Let, let's go for that. And, and God's going to help us. All right? Here's the last thing is you got to give your kids back up. Fight for them. These are tough times to raise kids. Can I get a good amen? But here's the thing. God does his best work in the darkness. When it's dark, that's when God can do his best. When it seems like it's over, when it seems like it can't turn around, when it seems impossible, that's when the God of the impossible begins to show up and does his best work. Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 14 says, After I looked the things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your families, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your home, your children and their children and their children and their children. Listen, here's what Ephesians says. Ephesians says we're not fighting against the Democratic Party or the Republican Party or against social media or we're fighting against what? Our fight is not against flesh and blood, but it is against principalities, powers of the evil rulers, authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. May God raise up intercessors. What's an intercessor? It's a parent that'll stand in the gap between the devil and your kid and say, no, not now, not today, not ever. 
And if your kid's 27 and away from God or 47 or whatever, and it looks like they're going further from God than they've ever been before, you keep on hanging on. You keep on praying. You keep on taking their name to God and say, God, get a hold of them. Surround them today with your presence. Come upon them. Devil, get your hands off of them. Getting all worked up up here, all right? But hey, get your game face on. You do that for the football team or something. Get all fired up. Get fired up about your kids and the forces that are in this unseen world that are trying to rob them, steal from them, destroy them and confuse them. We live in a culture that doesn't know truth from lies. But they can. They can know the truth. They can know full life. Fight for their future. Fight for God's plans. Fight for purpose in their life. May they be filled with faith and courage and the power of the Holy Spirit and get yourself a prayer journal and and just write down in there stuff that you want to see God do in their lives. And then you take that to God every day and say, God, I'm reminding you that I'm believing you for this, 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 and this. And you just take it every day. And you know who doesn't want you to do that? The enemy because there is power in a praying mom and in a praying dad. And when you get to praying and you get to believing and get to trusting God for your kids, where there is brokenness, there can be wholeness. Where there is hurt, there can be healing. Where there is strife, there can be peace. Where there is emptiness, there can be fullness. Where there is confusion, there can be completeness. Where there is hopelessness, there can be hope. And where there is aimlessness, there can be purpose. As you pray and believe God. Let's pray right now. Father in heaven, I pray for every parent, every influencer of the next generation. God, it's so big, it's so, so much. But you're bigger than the job. You're bigger than the task. And if we'll rely on you instead of relying on ourselves, how much better it could be. Maybe you're here today and you'd say, Craig, I need to rely on God every day. I I need to rely on him for my kids or I need to rely on him for my grandkids. I want to stand in the gap. I want to make up the hedge. I'm a single parent. I'm on my own, I feel like, but I'm not really alone because God is with me. And today I declare that I am trusting him, believing him for this next generation and I believe God's going to give me the strength and power to do what I cannot do on on my own. Raise your hand if that's you today. You're believing for God's empowerment into your life to help you, to strengthen you, to be upon you. Father, I pray that you will be upon us, that you will go before us, that you will walk beside us, Let every parent, let every influencer of the next generation in this church today feel the strengthening power of Almighty God. And God, we believe for the next generation to know you and to walk with you. Maybe you're here today or maybe you're online. And when we talk about God being our father, maybe you haven't experienced that. Maybe you've, you've not allowed God to adopt you into his family. And that's how the Bible talks about it, that we, we get adopted in. We don't deserve to be in his family. We, we haven't earned it. But by his grace and mercy, 
He adopts us into his family and he does that through the grace of Jesus, that Jesus paid for you and I to be perfect in a sense because he was the perfect sacrifice for us. And if you're here today or you're watching online, you say, oh, Craig, I I need that sacrifice for my life. I know that I have no chance of going to heaven. I have no chance of being with God forever on my own. But today I am trusting Jesus as my Savior. Today I am being adopted into God's family. I need Him. I want to know Him. I receive Him into my life. If that's you today, if you need God like that in your life, will you just raise a hand all over this room? Just raise it up. Say, yes, yes, that's me today. I need God. I want to know God. If you're online, just type the word decided in the chat, the word decided. We're going to be praying for you and believing God for you. As a matter of fact, everybody pray this prayer after me right now. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to be the sacrifice for sin. I confess Jesus to be my Lord and Savior, to be the payment for my sin so that I can stand before you. As much as I know how, I surrender my life to you. Thank you for becoming my father and receiving me into your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's celebrate those who prayed that prayer. Listen, you can text things from your seat or what's great about being in person as well is is beyond just texting you walk across the hall to this next steps room we already have a bunch of people wanting to be baptized the next time we do baptism and so that might be your next step and we'd love to talk to you about that here's what i want to do i want to pray and i want to i want to more than pray i want to pray and bless every parent every grandparent every foster parent every single parent every wannabe parent every influencer of the next generation maybe they don't call you dad or mom but you're an influencer in their lives and your burden today for the next generation I want us to take a stand today I want us to stand up and stand in the gap for those grandkids, for those kids, so that your children and your children and your children and your children and your children children will come to know the Lord. They will live their destiny of what God has for their lives. That sound good? Come on, let's stand to our feet. And I want you to just begin to come. They're going to begin to sing this song again. And we're going to bless him and thank him because he is able to help us today, to give us the power, to give us the wisdom. The Bible says if you lack wisdom, ask of God. Move toward God. And he's going to move toward you. Come on.